This is the Happy Dev Podcast with me, James Brooks. Happy New Year and welcome to episode 5 of Happy Dev. This week, I'm speaking with Jason McCreary, also known as JMac or at Gondark on Twitter. JMac has been a developer for 20 years and in that time has created many projects, including Laravel Shift. JMac is also an author. He wrote Base Code for practices on improving the code you write. And he also produces the video course Confident Laravel. JMac, can you tell us about you as a person outside of development? Outside of development? Uh, well, um, I like to travel. Um, big foodie. I eat a lot of food. It's kind of surprising I'm not like, you know, 500 pounds. Um, I guess, I guess, well, I'm pretty active, like, you know, with. I like physical projects. Um, I think they're a good balance with like all the mental that happens with programming. So I like, you know, working outdoors or, you know, camping or woodworking or things of that nature. So let's start by talking about your experiences with mental health. When did they start and how did they manifest for you? Wow. Uh, you know, definitely there've been a few points over the, you know, career programming for like 20, almost 20 years now, or I think it has been 20 years, maybe more, <laughs> but I, I definitely, definitely came across, um, multiple times where I had some burnout, um, you know, and kind of had to figure out ways to, to deal with that. And I, I'm definitely better about that now, but you know, it took two or three kind of heavy instances of that to really learn how to kind of deal with it and, and, uh, prevent it, you know, in some cases. And, um, but kind of generally like I'll deal with what I feel is probably pretty maybe standard, you know, for, for kind of knowledge working, you know, irritability, um, isolation, things like that. And then how, how do they affect you day to day? Day to day is probably not so bad. And like I said, I've, I've learned to maybe kind of see these things coming. Uh, so I do my best again to try to control them, but you know, obviously that's a slippery slope because it kind of makes it that much worse when you can't really control it. Um, you know, and then it kind of gets the best of you, you know, for a day or two or something and it, you know, it's just hard. So, um, but you know, I, I think, with irritability, for example, um, you know, that's probably one that is pretty consistent for me. And I think it happens because, you know, as a programmer, like the whole goal is to like get in the zone, right. And just, you get in this flow, you're plugged in, you're jacked in and you're just, you're coding and like just these really intense thought problems. Right. And, um, that's great when it's, when it's all working out. But when that doesn't work out, maybe you've reached a um, problem that, you know, is too much of a challenge for that particular day and you're just not seeing the solution or um, maybe you can't get in the zone for like external reasons. You know, it's it's too loud or, or uh, co-workers are interrupting you or, or even just, you know, your girlfriend is interrupting you, you know, and it's it's not their fault at all. It's just, you know, it's just life. Life is interrupting you. Yeah, you, you almost need lights above you to say, I'm busy, I'm not busy. Yeah, like a little recording recording light, if you will. I actually, it's it's funny that you mentioned that. I actually, actually do that. Um, 
I actually have a little light. I work, my office is in the basement in my home office. And if I'm on a call like this one or something, I actually put a little, it's like a little nightlight, like a little push button nightlight. I'll put it out outside the office just so That's know, a she good knows. Idea. No uh, interruptions. Yeah. But the problem is, is that when there are interruptions, that's when that, and I'm, and I'm haven't transitioned from that plugged in that intensity that was positively being applied to writing code and solving problems is now turned into like social intensity. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it normally comes out negatively and I, it, you know, despite my best efforts and I, that's one I'm pretty aware of. And I, and I, I think I, you know, it, I feel bad about it, you know, so it definitely weighs on me mentally when that happens. Not that I know you personally, J-Map, but I get the impression that you're a pretty chill guy. So I think the irritability is only because you're trying to express yourself, which happens to be with a keyboard. And then it's like somebody's just pulled that keyboard away mid um, line of code. And I think it would be the same for a writer if they're, I don't know, using a pen, for instance, then having the pen ripped out from you and you, you've got all these things that you're trying to get out, but you're not able to. And I think irritability is something that just kind of happens in that scenario. Yeah, it just, it just weighs on you, you know, and as humans, like, you know, if we're not always super, super self-aware or like super self-control, like, you know, that's going to come out again and in maybe some odd ways and maybe something I say in a response that has a little zing on it, you know, or just something and it normally goes away, but it ways in which I've kind of learned to combat that, um, is, you know, normally I'll try to, when I do have the time, when I'm not like, you know, like you said, when the keyboard's not yanked away, I mean, those times are unfortunately probably a bit inevitable, but other times I try to help by, ending the day uh, with, with a transitional task, whether it's just organizing my to-do list for tomorrow or maybe reading yeah. you know, a blog post, just something to kind of turn the engines off, you know? Yeah, just and change the pace and-, and Exactly. Uh, and when the weather's nice or something, I'll, I'll do that. And even, even more of a positive, I'll, I'll do it with a run or, you know, a bike or, you know, when I lived in New York City, I kind of had that built in because the, the public transportation commute home gave you a good 30 minutes of walking and, and just kind of light interaction with humans. <laughs> you know? How did you, how did you find the pace of, I've only visited New York once and I found the pace, like it's just always go in my, yeah. hotel, when I was in my hotel, um, there was people work like roadworks being done and a pneumatic drill going off at 5am, which oh, just yeah. d- does not happen here. How do you think that, did, did you find that the New York lifestyle affected you differently? I, oddly enough, no. And, and I think maybe because some of those things were built in, you know, in, in kind of unseen ways, like, you know, there was, I didn't have a car like that would, that would be crazy, you know, intense to have a car in New York City. <laughs> so I mean, just asking for stress. Yeah, exactly. That would, that would be so stressful in my mind. So like, everything was public transportation and so you're walking to the station you're walking from the station to work you're walking to lunch you're walking back to the station so it's just those things gave me time built in at the beginning and the end of the day to kind of prep for the day mentally but also unwind from the stresses of the day and 
other things, you know, the city that never sleeps kind of thing and every day's trash day, like, you know, they just didn't, I don't know, after a while they don't bother you. You mentioned earlier about noticing periods of burnout in yourself. What is it that you look for that you can identify as this is going to be burnout? I need to do something now. That's a good question. Um, I think for me personally, it's being able to recognize two things. Um, diminishing return is probably the, the first and, and, and quickest one to recognize. And by that, you mean putting in a lot of effort, but not getting anything out or... Exactly. Yeah. Like, for example, the day the day after Christmas, I had some time, um, you know, and, and, you know, we were all just sitting around, you know, PJs, basically, you know, just the just the fallout aftermath of, of family gatherings. And uh, I thought, OK, well, let me, just, let me just fire up the computer, even though earlier in the week I told myself, just take the take two days, you know, take two days and yeah, answer emails and stuff. But don't worry about coding. And it was like it was the wrong choice. You know, it, it was one of those things where I knew in my mind that like, despite something sounding like a simple task, like if you're again, if you're not or myself, at least if I'm not mentally prepared for it, I could spend three hours on something that takes 15 minutes. Yeah. And, and as for me, that's way worse. Um, cause time is like the most valuable thing to me, which also can create stress. So when something's not flowing, again, when I'm not in that flow, it becomes that vicious cycle now of like, now I'm irritable because this shouldn't be taking so long, you know? And like, I knew I shouldn't have opened the computer and I have that inner monologue just working against me and just pecking. Do you find that you need to, in that scenario that you've started it, you need to finish it or are you able to walk away from it when you recognize? I've learned I've learned how to walk away. And the the funny I, I guess the unfortunate truth of that is I think that really only can happen with lots and lots of experiences of failure. <laughs> so it's, it's easier said than done. Absolutely. Cause, cause years ago I can totally admit I'd never would have been able to walk away. I would have, you know, just made everyone else around me, like go away or I'd go hide in the corner and like finish this thing. And now I can make, you know, a to-do bullet point or, or just a sentence or two brain dump in a, in a to-do comment of like where I left off, what I think it is, pick it up in the morning kind of thing. And normally in the morning, I'll fix it in 15 minutes. Like I've learned to let my brain work on autopilot because, you know, it happens. It, do, it does for all of us, even more so for knowledge workers. Like you can wake up in the middle of the night and... I was just going to say that's a common thing. You're just like... And you wake up and you're like, oh, what an idiot. But you don't know why you were thinking about that. It's just subconscious. Yeah. So in it, like the other day, the issue, I knew it was, I was rebuilding some servers for shift. Um, just, just getting up to date, you know, PHP 7.4 and, and MySQL 8 and all that kind of stuff. And I wanted to, I wanted to add another queue worker and all these things. And I thought, oh, I'll get on DigitalOcean and spin one up. This will take several minutes. And I was having issues with IP and DNS and I couldn't get the right, you know, um, package manager to bring in the latest 7.4 and everything was just a challenge. And I said, you know what, this is all just like a permissions issue and a focus issue. I'm just going to write it. I'm going to chalk it up to that. And I'm going to come back to it in the morning. And in the morning I, I had all three of them running in under an hour. So it's, it's frustrating, but so rewarding when you recognize that uh, I needed to walk away. I'm glad I walked away, but my 
damn it, I, I should have been able to do it when I set out to do it. But it doesn't work like that, does it? Unfortunately. <laughs> no, and I think I think the best you can do is recognize it because if you keep doing that, it kind of leads to the second thing, which is, or ultimately leads to burnout. And I think I think that's where the second piece comes in, which is kind of knowing your limits. And I've I've learned them, you know, the hard way multiple times that like there's certain amounts of work or there's certain projects that I just can't take on, you know, like uh, not even necessarily computer work. Sometimes, sometimes it's a, a woodworking project I want to do like, you know, or I want to, the car's got some, you know, damage and I was, a, I was a big gear hand, you know, in, in uh, high school. And so I was just like, I can fix it. And it's just kind of like, but it's not worth my time. You know, experience is probably the biggest tool that we have to, or weapon even to combat like burnout and these types of things that I'm talking about. And, and, you know, by definition, it, it means that it takes experience them a few times. You know, I remember when I built an iOS app and it, it was pretty successful. Um, but there was an issue with it. There was a bug in production. And because of the iOS approval process, I had to get very creative. Um, it, it dealt with March Madness, which is a college basketball tournament in March. And once the tournament starts, it's not like I can call up the NCAA and say, hey, guys, can you pause your, you know, billion dollar, you know, sports campaign? <laughs> I've got a bug in my app. Like the games are playing, you know, minute by minute, multiple games. And there was a bug in this system. And gosh, it was it was it was killing me. It was killing the experience. The um, bracket scores weren't adding up correctly when the games and every time a game would finish, you know, it would spawn off this job that just crushed everything again. You know, it crashed the server. It calculated the scores wrong. Only half were calculated. It was just terrible. Um, and I had to knuckle down and say, you know, I got to fix that. I could walk away from this and, and fail, you know, uh, and just say, oh, well, it didn't work. Or I could stand by it and, you know, figure out a fix and, um, you know, know, though, that the fix wasn't going to be the ideal fix. I think that was also an additional challenge because, you know, we always want to architect something the best as developers. And, you know, sometimes that's just not possible. Like the ideal way to do it isn't available, you know whether it's time or budget or whatever. So the point is, is that when you throw in these extra constraints, it definitely adds more stress and it leads to that burnout or, or, or maybe just that lack of will to do it, you know? And, um, but anyways, I had to power through it and I came out on the other side really happy because I, you know, was able to solve the problem in a, cre in, you know, creative way, given the limitations. I did the right thing in my opinion by answering I think I answered like 137 support emails like for that and like a couple and just just not copy paste like everyone was like authentic and real. I think other times were you know younger I used to take on more client work than I do now. Um now I'm pretty selective, which I think is a good thing. You know, it's also a fortunate thing, but when I was younger, I took on everything. Oh, you know, got an uncle that needs a website, I'll do it. Got, oh, they know this law, someone, someone knows a law firm and they want a little splash page, I'll do it. I think one of the best skills that you can learn 
ideally early on is to be able to say no. I definitely comes with experience, like you say, but knowing that you're able to say no to a job and you've got all these things coming in and being aware of your own mental health is definitely one of the best things that you can do. I first heard about you at Laracon US in 2016 and you gave your practicing Yagni talk. Yagni being, you aren't going to need it. Do you think that developers in general sometimes bring stress upon themselves by wanting features that we don't actually need up front? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's just human nature, you know? Um, and I think it's even compounded a bit more, especially, you know, for America, like just kind of with our society, like materialistic and so forth. Like I'm a, I'm a bit of a minimalist, um, you know, by nature. So I think it's sometimes even just because of that a bit easier for me to, to not really think about needing it. And again, that experience helps knowing where I can cut corners because I've seen that it worked out. You know, it was scary those first two or three times, but four or five, six times later, it's like, no, it'll work. And, um, you know, and, and yeah, there's definitely ways to poke holes at both sides. Like you could say, well, you got lucky that it worked. Maybe you're right, you know? And you could also say, no, we really need this. Like this feature, it might not be something that's used, but it's going to give it that bit of polish that maybe just adds that wow factor that gets more people in the door. So there's there's difficult arguments on both sides that, that do take a bit of, you know, guesswork about it. Um, but I, I think for the most part, absolutely, yes. Uh, developers definitely in my opinion, have a tendency far more on the side of, you know, requiring things that aren't needed um, or doing things in a way that make life initially harder. But it's very difficult because you just don't know until the future. Um, And so I think I said it in the talk, you know, I've learned that future me is smarter and I've grown confident in that. And I think that really only comes with experience. I can openly admit to being one of those people that starts a project and then gets overwhelmed with all, all of the things that need to get done and then moving on to another project. And if, if you're becoming um, scared of, of doing the work, take a step back like if you've not committed to anything and and it's just a side project it doesn't matter if it takes you a year six months 20 years whatever like if if you've got a project and you want to work on it and you can use it as an opportunity to learn things don't put all of these things in front of you and go well i've got to work through all of these just build it just build it yeah (laughs) yeah i think on the surface like cutting corners probably makes some people cringe like it, it again even even me like i'm just kind of like eh, it's not really cutting corners it's not the best description it's it's more like being strategic you know it's find a strategy that works for you i mean taylor talks about he actually likes to jump in and tackle the hardest part first like checkbox this thing that might end up being that show-stopping challenge later and see what the plan of attack is going to be right that's, that's one strategy. Another strategy would be start with a simple thing to get the ball rolling. You know, it's all about your state of mind and what works for you, but keep it positive, right? If, if you enjoy that onset of a challenge, then 
you know, start, start Taylor's way. If it's better for you to get a little momentum to get your, get in that zone, get plugged in, get the ball rolling, then find something real easy and just see where it takes you, you know, but you know, make it a choice, make it a positive choice. Not like a, how did I end up here? Oh my gosh, I got a code out of here. <laughs> As a single founder and a very busy one at that, what stresses do you have in your work life? Um, probably maybe the biggest strain just kind of being solo dev, you know, single founder is maybe just isolation. Sometimes I think, I think it's easy. It's easy for devs in general, again, just being, having that like constant relationship with the computer. Like that's, you know, in a kind of a, kind of a dreary (laughs) viewpoint, like our biggest relationship in our life is going to be with the keyboard. Like, you know, it's just kind of, that's grim. But, uh, but the point is when that relationship isn't going so well, like (laughs) none are, none of the other ones around you. Uh, so I think I have trouble with that, you know, which we can see and draw direct lines to the other things, burnout and, and irritability and so forth. You know, he took my keyboard away. Um, but isolation's a big one, and, and that can be tough sometimes when you're, when I'm in like full on, you know, dev mode on a new product. You know, maybe I'm making the Confident Laravel course, and uh, you're really in the zone. But at the same time, you know, you have to kind of follow in the footsteps of like Adam Wathen. You, you know, you want to work in the open. You want to make sure you're on Twitter, and but it's a double edged sword too because like you don't want to take away focus from, from building. You want to get a lot of videos made, you know, in a day, or I want to get a lot of tweaks to shift or something, but I'm also like needing to jump out on Twitter and I want to craft a really great tweet, a really hot tip, you know, and then you go work some more and then you come back to it. And like, you know, you've got one like, <laughs> yeah, and it's just I was going like, to say that the the uh, double edge there's a double edged sword within that as well because Twitter can be great for exposure and uh, marketing, but at the same time you can get a lot of negativity, um, or yeah. you can read too much into not getting any feedback from it and mm-hmm. thinking, well, what I've just said is useless. Nobody cares. Like there's many things that I read that I don't retweet that I don't like. I just like, oh yeah, that's useful, and then just scroll mm-hmm. by it. It's too easy to, and I think people forget that. It's definitely a bit of a one-way communication, and it's it's absolutely necessary. And I, I definitely like Twitter. It's 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 my main source of not just reaching friends and and followers, but also, like you said, consuming information as well. And and it's just, um, but the problem is, I think, or the or the challenge with it is, it, it can be it it can be very isolating when when you when you look at it from a need perspective, I, I need more retweets or I need more, you know, awareness on this tweet. Like when you put the pressure on the system in a way, it, it really starts to show a bit of its negative side. It's, it's isolation, it's mob mentality, it's, um, you know, clicks and so forth. Like it's, it's definitely, it can be tough in those moments. Um, especially when you're trying to create and build and, and do something new and, and, but also kind of that human nature of like wanting to have recognition for it, wanting to get it out there. Um, it can be real hard. On the subject of isolation and you being a single founder, what do you do outside of Twitter to keep you sane? 
not having the colleagues around and having the day-to-day chit-chat, how was your weekend, here are my plans, what are you doing for Christmas? Do you do groups? Do you go to the gym? What kind of things do you do to keep yourself in touch with people? Yeah, you know, that's actually probably something that leads to my feeling of isolation sometimes. I, I haven't been the best, you know, I, I transitioned to this kind of, full-time on my own projects, you know, completely at home, you know, remote, so to speak, you know, a year ago. And I really haven't, like, figured out some of those connections um, all that well. I haven't been very good at, like, even something simple, like just working from a coffee shop. Because, again, it, I know me sometimes, and when I want to get a lot done in a day, I, do, I don't want to risk that irritability of, you know, coffee shop noises and so forth. Um, anyways, the point of all that is, is just kind of like, that's probably something I need to focus a little more on in, in the new year, um, is, is making sure that I have some better ties to, um, being social, uh, beyond, you know, Twitter and email. Um, I do a pretty good job of, of pairing, but it's still remote. Um, so, you know, occasionally I'll jump on, uh, a remote pairing session with, with, uh, you know, different people. I have a network of a couple people, uh, you know, that I try to do that with, but it's not every day, you know? So there's definitely a couple days in a row where I, other than, you know, girlfriend or family or something, uh, you know, I don't necessarily have a lot of connection to the human world. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's something I should probably focus on a bit more because that definitely promotes, you know, mental health and, and just health in general. Um, you know, so that's a tough one for me, I think sometimes and definitely feeds in into the issue. I mean, I definitely have friends and stuff that I, I you know, I do, we do a game night or, you know, we go out to the movie and I, I come from a large family. So I have some brothers and uh, that, you know, I can do stuff with and we're, we're relatively close in age. So it, it works, you know, whether if we just go up to the bar or something or we get together and watch the game, um, so, you know, there, there are all those things in place, but day to day, uh, I probably should do a better job of, of maybe finding on occasion, a co-working space or getting back out to some meetups, uh, some more, you know, that's something in New York. I did a lot. Uh, Louisville doesn't have as, as large of a tech or at least not an open source tech community. Um, our biggest meetup groups, probably like the .NET meetup group. And I don't write a lot of .NET, but occasionally I'll go. Uh, when it seems to be more of like a generic topic, uh, you know, just to get out and, and be among other developers. So Yeah, it's really important to, to do that. Um, my wife always says that, because I work from home as well, my wife says that by the time she gets home from work, I'm just there like constantly pecking at it like oh what saw this and this and this and th- this happened and like I'm sure I'm not that bad. Yeah. I, yeah, I can definitely tell. I'll do that too sometimes. Like if there's a day or two in a row where I'm, it's kind of just been me at home. I can definitely tell on occasion. You know, we'll get to dinner time or something, and I'm, I'm just like motor mouthing something. I, I don't, you know, I can, I can, I pick up on it on occasion. So I definitely do the same thing, and I'm sure, you know, it's all, it's all the same. You know, again, it's just kind of just demonstration that everyone, everyone faces these challenges. It doesn't matter what type of job it is, like. Maybe that was the day she just needed some decompression time. And yeah. I'm over here, oh, I was on Twitter earlier. And oh, did you see this? And oh, did you see this? And I read this blog post and we should go do this. And it's and some days it's her doing that to me. And I'm 
I'm didn't finish what I wanted to finish. And so I'm in one of those irritable moods and I'm just like, okay, can we talk about this later? All comes down to communication, I guess, but it, oh, it, yeah. it's, it's so hard sometimes and recognizing that. Absolutely. I have this final question for everyone. What makes you a happy dev? What makes me a happy dev? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I like, uh, I like seeing when I was able to like help somebody, like whether it was shift or a tweet. Um, but it, it really helps me or really kind of makes me happy about something. Um, it, when there's a, just a bit more context about it, like it's not just a retweet or, uh, you know, a heart or a like or whatever. Um, you know, it's a, it's answering one of the feedback emails that I send from shift. And like, there's, there's real substance in there. It's, it's not simply, you know, just like, Oh, love shift worked great. Like it's something where they're like, we had this old project and we had been dreading it for years and you know, it's still on four two and we used shift and there's, you know, you got us there. Like there's light at the end of the tunnel where there's some bugs to fix and where we needed to replace this package. But like, it's all about that momentum, right? Like it gave them that momentum to get started and see the light and not have it be a stressful thing, but a positive thing because they were armed with this service, you know, that could help them keep that ball moving, you know? Um, so that context, like when those things happen, I feel like, you know, the opposite of the isolation. I feel, I feel happy (laughs) (laughs) that, uh, you know, it's, it's there and it, it could be a tweet of just like, Oh, you know, I, I never really was that great with Git from the command line, but, or I never wrote a lot of tests, uh, for my Laravel app, but now I do. And when I make a change, like I, I totally understand the whole confident Laravel phrase now. Like it just gives me that confidence when I, cause I have these tests. Right. And it's, it's all just experience. Like you just, sometimes you don't know. So despite the selling or the pushing or the social media hot tips or whatever, it's just kind of like to see someone, to see it have that effect. It, I think that's where I'm, I'm happiest. Those, you know, those emails that I answer or something, you know, like even when it starts negative and I do a few support emails, a few back and forth and they're like, Oh, okay. I see. And you know, you kind of converted them even like that's, those, that's when it's like, okay, great, good. I connected with someone. Well, that brings us to the end of episode five. What you at home don't know is that this is the second time we've recorded this episode <laughs> because it started two uh, two recordings in. We finally made it, Jim. And uh, I really appreciate you from coming on and sharing your story and tips. And... No problem. No, it was fun. And that wraps it up. We will see you next time. Goodbye.